Hi, welcome to another teaching message from Sycamore Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. Um, do, do you know that you can, you can be in the right experience, you can be doing the right thing, you can be in the right experience, but you can just be second-guessing it. I don't know if it's happened to you before that you had a conversation, you know, you were there, you had a moment with somebody, then afterwards you kind of just started to think of what you should have said. Like, ah, I, I wish that would come to me. There was a story you should have told. There was a scripture you should have quoted. There was a, and then you like kind of go back in your mind to where you once were, and then you then say what you were going to have said. Then that person now answers. Then you now answer them back. Does it happen to anybody here? Is it just me? All right, kind of a thing, right? And the idea is that you can be in an experience, you can be in a moment, but kind of be sleeping on it until it kind of passes, as then you kind of become aware of what could have been. So here's the deal. You can be in the right experience, but just be second-guessing it. You can be in the right experience and not be in the full intensity of what the experience should be. You can second-guess. You can even be frustrated, even though something is going well, all right? And then on the other side of it, you then realize, oh, wow, it was actually going well. Um, I think about how many people start dating and a, a lady is with this guy uh, and so the guy is like taking you on a date first time out and then the guy kind of says oh what would you have and if only she knows like this is my future husband. If only she knows like me and this guy we're going to be spending all our money together and all of that. She's not going to be forming on that first date. You get what I'm trying to say? If only she could just look at okay let me talk about my wife. Alright. The first day we went on a date and then um, she had just come back from another date and then she told me to pick out at the juncture. Well, but don't let's talk about that this morning. That's not the point of our sermon this morning, all right? And so I pick her up, but then we, we go on this date. And then um, I ask her what she wants to eat. And she says, um, um, just something light. <laughs> if I only I had foresight that eventually, when I take this, my wife out, it's swallow. You know, if only uh, then that day she's like, um, salad, just something light. I'm just a light eater, <laughs> a light eater. And you know, she's just thinking, like, am I sure of this guy, checking him out and all of that. But if only you knew, if only you knew that you're already in the right experience, you're already in the adventure of your life, maybe you might behave a little differently. And over the last two weeks, we've been talking about the will of God and how God's will is actually good and it's so right. We've talked about how we're called to be aligned with this beautiful will of God. Last week, we talked about how to make great decisions. But my burden today is that we can actually be ticking the right boxes. We can be in the right conversations. We can be in the right moments. But somehow, if we are just not getting the full experience of it, maybe we're really missing out on something about it. Because at the heart of what I want to share to you today, we're going to see that a journey in God's will is a life-defining, it's a life-giving, life-shaping adventure that we're called to fully experience and enjoy. All right, so for a topic this morning, I'm going to share with you on what I call how to keep a good rhythm in the adventure of God's will. Yeah, the excited people come for second service. I, you know first service, oh God, you don't want to know how first service well, I, Those people are annoying, all right? I'm just recovering. I have PTSD from them, like terrible. All right? But how to keep a good rhythm. Let's check out second service. How to keep a good rhythm in the adventure of God's will. There you go. Yeah, you're my guys, man. Yeah. Fantastic. Because destiny for us is not just an end that we would arrive, but I believe that it's a journey that we would experience. I'll say that again. Destiny is not just an end that we would arrive, but it's a journey that we would experience. You don't want to be traveling this beautiful journey and just not enjoying the journey. You don't want to just get to an end and realize you are sleeping all through the journey. 
I don't know if you have that, that friend that did not come to this world to suffer. They came to this life to enjoy themselves. They know how to, like what you thought was just a small thing, like oh, regular. The way they take it, you know, ah, man, this person came to this world. You know, we're like, oh, see, come on, get away. Everybody's just packing two or three things on the weekend. When we saw them arriving with like three traveling bags, like they are going on summer holiday. I don't know what you call it, but for them, I'm like, Dr. T, how do you, <laughs> you know, that, right? Like, like they didn't come to this world. I mean, the heart, the social, I'm like, okay, it's summer holidays about Elijah, whatever, whatever you call it, right? Right? You, I don't know if you have that friend that, you know, Odnai Hamatan that is about to start. They are coming in like a winter hood and, you know, um, head warmer, uh, gloves. <laughs> is, it, is it the same Hamatan, you know? <laughs> and all of that. Like, they make, they make the most of anything. Campus Connect will just be like, we're having a film show. For them, it's movie night. They'll buy, even if it's popcorn at the junction, they will just make it look more than it is. You know, because they did not come to this world to just miss in the experience. I love when I hear them laugh. You have that friend that when they laugh, uh, okay, there's a sense in which we're laughing at the joke, but at some point you start to laugh at the way they're laughing. You have that friend that laughter for them is an opportunity to bring out their soul. Like they, they really laugh, like they are in the moment, right? And if you pray around those kind of people also, when they pray, ha! Your own prayer point becomes God. Let me pray like them. Like, like, like you just forget what you are praying. Like they just, they are in it. Wherever they are, they are in it. When they cook, it's not just, uh, I'm hungry, let me quickly. There is this fullness, amen, anybody? An experience. And maybe if we'll be honest, maybe it's not even that they are making things more than they are. Maybe it's just that they kind of put a fullness to everything. There's a way that we live in a world where everything is kind of slim-fitted. We've just learned to cut down on everything. In those days, when you greet people, it's like, good morning. Nice morning. Like, 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 like we've abbreviated everything. In those days, you say, happy birthday. It's HBD. L-L-N-P. You know. <laughs> and if we're not careful, our world just makes us abbreviate to the point that maybe we're not even having the full experience of what life really should be. Why is it so important that we live this full life? I'll tell you why. Because I think the devil knows that if he can reduce us to barely hanging, to being the experience, but we're just not really in the full experience. We're hanging by the thread and all of that. The devil knows that we, we just won't be in the color experience. We'll just kind of be frustrated. And the truth is we ourselves would even start second guessing it. And then we just start walking away from the beauty of what we are in. Like you were supposed to be in a moment of your life, but you just kind of didn't know. You just got sad about it and you yourself would even start to walk away from it. Let me start out this morning showing you 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9, a very foundational scripture. And I'll show you four words in that scripture that have to do with us in God's will. It says that God has saved us and he has called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. As we think about our lives and the adventure in the will of God, there are four words in that verse that I want you to never forget. The first is that the Bible says God has saved us. You know, when God came to us, we were just messed up sinners of ourselves. We couldn't, our best works couldn't save us. We were headed for damnation, our lives were messed up, were miserable in whatever expression that was in your context, but we were really just messed up. And God comes to us and the first thing he starts to do with us in his will is that he offers us salvation. In the son, he put his son on the cross and he stretched out his hands and he died a death, he had no business dying so that we can have a life we had no business life having. And now, now we have life in him, we have salvation. So we can wake up and say, man, God has aligned us into his will by saving us. We are not just some messed up 
people headed for damnation. Now we're people that have life that have found salvation in Jesus. But he doesn't stop there. He then puts a calling on our lives. And he says, it's not just that I've saved you and that you have this eternal destination, but you can live every day of your life with a sense of calling, with a sense of you are on assignment, that your life counts in something more than who you are. That your little things, your Monday to Friday, your every day, the work of your hands, you know, raising your family, building that relationship, doing your schoolwork, doing your academics, doing your business, your job. He says you can do it with a sense of calling, that you're not just somebody who doesn't matter. You're not just somebody who is inconsequential in the scheme of things, but that there is a calling on your life because of what Jesus has done. And so how we start to find our lives in the will of God is that we start to see that the ordinary things of our life have that sense of calling. And I want to say to us this morning, there's something about living knowing that you are called, living knowing that you're on assignment, living knowing that your life matters, living knowing that God, your life is not just ordinary. There is a calling on your life. We must think calling more than we think career. We must think calling more than we think just the work of our hands. We must realize that everything God puts in our hands is with a sense of calling, with a sense of assignment. Where you live, there's a calling about it. What you do, there's a calling about it. Where you get to be, there's a calling. The resources that you have, there's a calling about it. We must start to think calling. Listen, calling is a way of thinking. It is a way of thinking. I might be showing up to this job, but there's a calling about being there. I might be living in this place, but there's a calling about being there. Where I might just go to the gym to work out, but there's a sense of calling about doing the very ordinary things in my life that I do, all right? I might be parenting my children, but there can be a sense of calling. And I believe that, friends, it puts a value on our lives when we live called, when we live like people that are called. Help me look at somebody this morning and say, live like you are called and stop being called. Live like you are called. Look at, so, look at somebody else. Say, live like you are called. Stop being called. And the third word that we see there is that the Bible says it's not just that God saved us and called us with the holy calling, not according to our work, but according to his own purpose. The beautiful thing now is that God connects that sense of you are called with his own purpose, that God has a purpose in the earth. God is up to something. And he says, by your little part, by what you are doing, I'm connecting you with this grand thing called the purpose of God. Wow, what a way to live your life, knowing that the things you do count, knowing that your life is not just about the hustle. And five years later, I've just been doing what I can do, knowing that the little things I do are counting in God's grand scheme. Listen, there's a place that he brings us into. The Bible says all things work together for the good of them that love God who are the called according to his purpose. So it starts to put a beauty to your life that God is aligning it and working things together. Your life gets to be in the rhythm of a grand purpose of God. What you do matters. Your gifting matters. Your skill matters. That you are living with that rhythm of there is a purpose of God in the earth and I get to be connected to it. My resource is connected to what God is doing. My gifting is connected my talents are connected my time is connected my family is connected with the purpose of God my relationship is connected with the purpose what a place to be I was just a messed up sinner just doing life by, but God saved me and he called me and then he connected me with his purpose but just when you're about to say man that's very intimidating because how can I just little me how can I be featuring in this grand thing of what God is doing that's huge that's a lot I like the next word it says that it's not just his purpose but also his grace 
which was given to us in Christ Jesus. So let me remind you, friends, that when you think about yourself featuring in the purpose of God, remember that there's a supply of the grace of God for you to be everything that God calls you to be. Who says amen to that? Remember this morning that God is not just sending you an assignment to figure things out yourself, but you can shout those four words over your life that I am saved, I am called, I am purposed, and I am graced. That for everything God expects in me, He supplies it in me by His grace. Everything God wants of my life to be, there's a supply of grace. There's a sponsorship of, look at somebody this morning and say, I'm sponsored, I'm sponsored. There's a sponsorship of grace for me to feature in the purpose of God. There's a sponsorship of grace for me to not just live small and live inconsequential. This is the bandwidth of the will of God for your life. That as you work out the rhythms in your own context, you would wake up every day saying, man, I'm saved, I'm called. I, I feel calling, that's God's will. That you, my life is not, I feel like a sense of calling in my life. I might be in this organization, I then move to that. I might change from this business to that. I might change jobs, I might have another child. But through it all, there's a sense of calling about my life and the things in my life are not ordinary they are connected to God's grand purpose and then there's a sponsorship of the grace of God somebody say I am saved if you are say I am called say I am purposed and then shout it out I'm graced that's awesome so God is clear about the bandwidth of the journey that he calls us to about his will that this is not just an, an empty hustle they are trying to figure out what life can be no, God is clear that I want you to live your life with that motion and adventure every day of somebody that is on assignment, that is called, that your life matters. You're not just on, on, you know, somewhere inconsequential, trying to make it to heaven. No, your life matters. You are called and that you are purposed and graced. But, you know, that brings you into an adventure. And so my question is, as we figure this out, what kind of adventure would that be for you? As we figure out the rhythms of doing life and being in that journey of, of doing the will of God, what kind of adventure will it be for you? How will you keep a good rhythm in the adventure of God's will? That's my big question today. Because listen, if it's really an adventure, then it's going to be tension sometimes and relief. If you watch a good movie, the plot is never just going to be like, oh, I saw that one, one more. There's going to be one surprise element that you didn't see coming, right? That's what makes a good movie, right? All right. There's going to be one twist. There's going to be one moment where your emotions went really high. There's going to be one time when adrenaline kind of pumped and then, oh my God. And yeah, it's a good movie. And I dare you like, oh, more. how did that happen? You know, that's what that story is going to look like. And so, as much as you admire on the screens, how about when you are living it in your everyday? What is that adventure going to look like? How can you keep a good rhythm in the adventure of God's, of God's will? How can you not miss the adventure? You know, like I'm saying, you can be in a real life thing just not being the experience of it you know when I was younger I remember that we had this neighbor who used to have a black and white TV and it was really small and I remember that you know here and there they would be showing a match maybe like Nigeria is playing in those days it's Nigeria's match and so Nigeria is playing super eagles versus you know elephants I don't know why African country always it must be an animal elephants or Zaye or whatever right and so they're playing the game. And if you, are, if you are old enough to know what a black and white TV is, some of you are like, what is that? All right. <laughs> black and white TV. And they're playing the match. And I remember how, how frustrating it is because you've adjusted the antenna. You know that antenna. You adjust it. You stretch it. And then the thing gets the signal kind of. But there's kind of like those shrilling noises. not too clear. Blah, blah, blah. And then they score a goal. So they score a goal. But the first problem is you think they've scored. You are, being, you are managing your expectations. Because... Sometimes you thought they scored. Then five seconds later, when the thing cleared, you realize it's like they didn't score. So you think the ball entered, but you're kind of waiting. Then 
in the then you know you watch again then you adjust it again so then but you know all the while the game is actually going on where it is the game never stopped the experience of somebody sitting in the stadium at that time was full do you get what i'm trying to say somebody in the stadium in that moment is seeing it all but just based on what you are able to connect with you're not even sure you're second guessing and all of that but somebody else somewhere is watching that same game on a color screen full experience huge as the players are playing it's almost like they're even dribbling in your house you're feeling it right it doesn't reduce what it is and what i'm saying to us today is the reality of god's will and that adventure is going to be there but what will be your experience of it are you going to live your monday to friday just in this second guessing i'm not even sure god is actually doing something incredible in your life i just said you are saved called purpose great god is doing something beautiful in your life through the seasons god is aware he's working something in your life but would you just be through it all even missing the moment then you kind of wake up 20 years later and you're like wow god was actually good I don't want to slip through the journey of destiny. Um, maybe you do have that friend who they are traveling together. They just sleep. Maybe we'll sleep through a movie. Then they now wake up. And when you're talking about it, they're like, eh. Hey. You know, yesterday I was seeing Liverpool's game with um, 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 Liverpool's game with Man City. I was watching it with my wife yesterday. At some point, I stopped watching football matches at home because I wanted to have a good experience of it and my wife would just be, my children, my children, no, my children. <laughs> so, so, but I was watching a game with my wife yesterday and yeah, she's getting a lot better. I, I told her in the first time, she's improved a lot in um, handling those kind of comments, you know. Don't just say things you're not sure of, you know. Don't just say, one day my wife was, you know, then she just say it's offside or something like that. One day, they, they scored an own goal. And then my wife was not like, ah, it's a home goal. It's not called a home goal, it's own goal. Anyway, stuff like that. But she's getting a lot better. So we're seeing this game together. And then, man, how many of you saw Trent's goal yesterday? What, what do you think of it? What's your analysis of, of... Okay, so anyway, so club, club makes this. Your team is on top of the table now. Arsenal on top of the table is like an elephant on top of a tree. Nobody knows how they got there, but we know they will come falling down. It's, it's fine. It's not even a problem. Anyway, anyway, so, so, so. So club makes this really good substitution, really smart substitutions, and you know, just um, uh, uh, Ole, what do you want to do to my mic? <laughs> All right, <laughs> because he kept threatening me yesterday that if I say anything, he would switch off my mic. Ole, come. Anyway, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> anyway, all right. So, 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 so club makes this really good substitutions, and then my wife, but we were in the tension together, like babe. Liverpool. So when, when Klopp makes substitution, I tell my wife, I say Klopp has opened this game. It's either Liverpool gets a goal or Man City gets a second, right? Right, you know that? Okay, so we, we open the game. Yeah, something has to happen. You, you can't come to Etihad and lose one zero. It doesn't make sense. Either go for it or, right? <laughs> All right. And so my wife was in the tensions with me and then she's, ah. at some point she just tells me, it was getting like 79th minute and then she just says, well, babe, that the tension is too much for her. She can't watch again. And so she turns away and then starts like pressing her phone and just leans on me. So I'm watching and then suddenly I just shout like almost 30 seconds. I just shout like, goal, yes! And then she looks and Trent like, what a goal! And so she then starts watching the replay. Ah, but you missed something. 
you know, there's a difference between, oh yes, this is what's going to happen. He's going to score versus men. I didn't even know where that was going to come from. And in the emotions, in the full picture of it, men are experiencing something. I feel like many of us are watching a replay about the goodness of God that we should have experienced. No, you didn't hear what I just said. You came back two weeks later to say, oh, that was what God was doing. But I'm saying in that moment, there was a beauty about saying, God, I don't know what's happening, but I trust you here. I know you are good. I don't need VAR to know that God is good. Did you hear what I just said? So how are we going to be a people that in the middle of this adventure, we are living in a good rhythm? That's what I want to show us this morning. So the first thing that I'm going to say this morning, if truly God's will is an adventure, and I'm in, somebody just say that this morning, say I'm in for an adventure of my life in the will of God. Alright, the first thing I'm going to encourage you is that you're going to stay surprisable. Stay surprisable. Stay surprisable, yeah. Stay surprisable. Stay surprisable. When you're in the adventure of the will of God, you're going to stay surprisable. God is up to something good here. I don't even know what it's going to be. I don't even know how it's going to happen. But listen, one of the key elements of following God it's not as much our certainty as it is our ability to stay surprisable. I'll say that again. One key element in your journey of following God is not as much your certainty, your sense of certainty. I know, five years time, ten years time. It's your ability to stay surprisable. Surprisable. This, friends, this journey in the will of God is an adventure of becoming what you never imagined you would be. Have you looked through Hebrews 11 before and seen all these heroes and you see an Abraham and Abraham was just a random guy chilling in his father's house and God comes and says, leave your father's house and he's like up to what? Abraham never imagined that 2,000 years later or 3,000 years, we're going to be sitting in a church service and people will even be singing about the faith of, like you will be the father of faith. It's a journey you never imagined. It's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego just said, well, we're not even going to bow, but they never imagined the story that God would tell through that. Do you know that God is making a name for himself through your life? This is an adventure of a lifetime of becoming what you never imagined you would ever become. So, friend, stay surprisable. Listen to Psalm 32, verse 8. I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway. Along the best pathway, one translation says, for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So look at verse 9. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've never been before. Don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. Don't be stubborn. Look at somebody next to you and say, don't be stubborn. Don't make it difficult. It's an adventure of your life. You're becoming what you never knew you could become. And last week, I know I was teaching about being living intentional and all of that, but please don't plan God out of your life. Don't plan God out of your life. There's, there's an element of I'm doing life with God. I'm surprisable. Move me like you do the mountain. Move me like you do the wind. I'll chase your voice. I'm, I'm ready for another step, God. Stay surprisable. Second thing I would say about how you can keep a good rhythm. First of all, I've said stay surprisable. Let me say this to you. Too many people saying, Jesus, take the wheel. Too many Christians. I want to do a drop mic. Why am I not holding it? Too many Christians are saying, Jesus, take the wheel, but are still holding and setting destinations on the map. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. You must make him your driver because you're setting the destination. Stay surprisable. Look at somebody next to you this morning. Say, stay surprisable. 
Can God still surprise you this week? Ah, can God still surprise you this year? Yeah. Stay surprisable. May we never lose our wonder in the presence of a God that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or imagine. May we never lose our wonder. Second thing this morning, surround this thing of God's will with a collaborative company. Surround it with a collaborative company. In Jeremiah chapter 18, one of the weirdest scriptures to me, I have a few weird scriptures that I like, this is one of them. From verse one, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord. God is speaking to Jeremiah. So Jeremiah is like, God, I need a word. And then you start to hear God. So he's like, yes, 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 this is God. So he takes Byro and his journal. Let me write what God is. This is God speaking to you. So verse two, arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause you to hear my words. God is speaking that you should go to where he will speak. With the cost of fuel today, I'm like, God, you know what it costs me? <laughs> For every movement these days, you plan it. You get what I'm trying to say? You don't move unnecessarily, you know. <laughs> Passion night will do online. They will come and say, you know, you <laughs> think it. God says, go to the potter's house. Like, but God, you're already speaking. Why don't you just tell me what you want to say? Because listen, God's will for your life is not just something that you would hear. It is something that you will see. It is something that you would feel. It is something that you'll be inspired towards. God is holistic in what he's expressing to you. And so God is saying, if you're going to have a good rhythm about my will for your life, it's not just going to be a set of instructions. He said there must be a collaborative thing that for everything you are hearing in your ears, then Jeremiah gets to the potter's house and he starts to see how the potter is framing this clay. And then he starts to, 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 to feel the emotion of it and to believe something about his life and about what God can do, about how God is that good potter that is never out of idea. He starts to feel it and believe it in a whole new way. Because if you just hear it in your ears, then it's just a limited part of the conversation and so here's what I'm saying to us friends that for everything that God is doing in our lives it is our responsibility to say what is a collaborative company that makes this thing beautiful that makes this thing possible listen make it realistic to follow God's will for your life surround yourself in such a way that you make it realistic for you to follow God's will for your life you don't be the kind of person that there's a nudging of God's will in direction A but you are fighting through contrary winds and you have, to, you have to avoid that friend you have to not tell that person you have to hide your Bible because you are going to church make it realistic to follow God's will for your life create a collaborative atmosphere for what God is doing in your life if I want to be a person of prayer I feel like being a super Saturday will kind of help right? Make it reality. For the, you started out this year saying, this year one of my goals is to be closer to God. Then come for Super Saturday. It's not deep now. You say, I want, ah, honestly. You say, how are you doing with God? Ah, I really know I need to be praying more. Then why don't you just come? Make it realistic. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Okay, you are more likely going to pray better in Super Saturday than other your friends who want there. I think so. Generally speaking, right? Generally speaking. Don't you think so? I think so. Just make it realistic. Just be in the right places. The who's, there are voices. There, there are voices in your life you would empower that would make that journey of following the will of God even more beautiful. There's something about beautiful counsel in your life. There's something about right sounding voices. There, there's something about the apostles. The Bible says they went to their own company and it was a place of strength, not a place of second guessing. There's something about it. Make it real. So create collaborative atmospheres for 
just that journey of God's will because there's a place where the whole thing of God's will will make more sense David says I was glad when they said to me let us go to the house of God if you are not hearing they say to you there's a gladness that you are missing say that again David said I was glad there's a gladness that comes from a day if there's no day there's a gladness about your life that you are missing and if there's no gladness, there's frustration. Do you get what I'm trying to say? If there's no day that kind of says, let us go, it's more like, let us go to the club. I'm like, ah, oh my, I don't want to go today. Do you get what I'm trying? So you're fighting all those battles in that tension. And oh, that's okay at some level. But at some point, you're going to say, man, I need a day that would say, let us go to the house of the Lord. I need a day that will be excited about what God is doing in my life. I need a day that will look at me and say, come on, you will be the man that God calls you to be. You're not weak. You're not defeated. You're a champion for Jesus. I need that kind of day in my life that will say, your faith is not going to fail. I'm not going to allow you to make that stupid you can't be picking that call again come on do something better with your life i need a day in my life i need a day that will say what what are you going to do there that you can't lie to mm -hmm. i need a day in my life look at somebody around you i say you need a day oh. you need a collaborative company for your journey in the will of god you too so god says to jeremiah i won't just speak to you I'll take you to a place where it'll be more realistic for you to appreciate what I'm saying to you. I'll take you to a place. Do you know that we're more prone to do what we see than what we are told? Do you know that, oh God, I know according on the authority of God's word and I've been praying about it that God wants me to have a happy marriage. That's good. But it's not just about what you know. It's also about what you're inspired towards. Do you know there's something even just about being in the house of God and seeing people model something for you? Well, you never saw that growing up. You don't know that God is taking you to the potter's house and he's showing you, he's framing a thought in your mind. Something in you is receiving faith for that. It's a beautiful process of God. We need a collaborative company to be all that God wants us to be. Amen. Third thing I'm going to say this morning, and I'll just run quickly because of my time. The third thing I'm going to say is that we're going to keep a good rhythm in our journey of the will of God by staying sensitive to seasons. They're going to stay sensitive to seasons. So in Exodus chapter 13, you probably know this story about God leading the children of Israel. And look at it in verse 21. The Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. So in the day, they were seeing a pillar of cloud. In the night, they were seeing a pillar of fire um, so as to go by day and night. Look at verse 22. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Let me show you in Nehemiah. Give me Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 12. Thank you. Moreover, you led them. So Nehemiah is talking about it now. You led them by day with a cloudy pillar. And by night with a pillar of fire. To give them light on the road which they should travel. I love that idea. But there's a road that they should travel. And God is lighting it up for you. The very place that you should be. What I want you to see today is I want you to notice that there was day and there was night. There will be day, there will be night. Not all seasons are going to be the same. And I believe both are significant. That there's going to be difference. There's going to be day times in your life. There's going to be night times in your life. And what the Israelites were enjoying is that there was a leading of God. There was a rhythm of the will of God in the day. And there also was in the night. And so God is going to walk you through different seasons as he makes you complete in his will. It's not always going to be day, but it's not always going to be night. The beauty is that God's leading is present through all seasons. 
So here's the deal, and here's what I want you to see. If, you're not, if you haven't gotten what I'm saying, don't merely seek the will of God when you're in the dark. When you want to make it through the night, you know when I'm confused and everything is dark, then I'm like, God, I need your leading. But what I'm saying to you today is that there's a leading of God for you when you're in the dark, but there's also a leading of God for you in the day. Some of you don't know that you just, you think a lot about like, I just want to get through this. Like I'm confused about who I should marry. I'm confused about which job to take, which situation I'm in the dark. I really need a leading of God. There is a leading of God for you there. But when you come into the day, you need the leading of God as much as you needed it in the night. Now that you're in the best seasons of your life, now that you are succeeding more than you thought you could, you still need a new level of the leading of God. And the beauty of what we see is that the leading of God is tailored to the season that they were walking. The beauty of what we see is that God comes to them in the season that they are in. And so, it's not just about when you're in the dark. It's not just before your first breakthrough. You need the wisdom of God in your life. And this, I would honestly say this, many people don't know how much we need the wisdom of God in our lives to handle success, not just to handle poverty. So, so this is the idea. Many of us are reactive to what is dominant on us. So, your only dream growing up was that, you know, God would... It was reactive to poverty because you grew up in extreme intense poverty. So in fact, your prayer point every day is that God will break the backbone and the foundation of poverty in your lineage. You know, it was such a... If they say what your vision is to, 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 to break the roots of poverty over my family, my father, my father's father, my father's father's father, okay. So you were very reactive to that. And what I'm saying is, coming from the dark and just that sense of let me get out of this but what we don't know many times is that we now need a new leading of God to even know how to handle wealth it's a whole new experience and there are two different things Paul says in Philippians 4 that I've learned to be abased and to abound there are two different lessons in life there are people that know how to respond to failure but don't know how to respond to success and listen success is as dangerous as failure in ruining a person that's the truth it's just as dangerous you can lose everything to failure. You can also lose... You, poverty, wealth, both are destructive depending on how you know how to handle it. And the beauty of what we see with the Israelites is that God was leading them in the night. But there was also a leading of God in the day. I'm saying for some of you today that now you are succeeding more than you knew you would now. You've gotten beyond some of the seasons in your life. When you were in the dark and pornography was making a mess of your life, fornication, adultery, you are, you are ruined in sin and all of that. And all you could see was, man, I just need to break out of this. That's beautiful. There's a light that comes in the night to get you into the day. But listen, there is then a leading of God in the day. Some of you need a new dream of essence and of relevance and of what God wants to do in your life. That is even more than what you escaped. It's more than the night. There is a voice of God over your life even in the most beautiful seasons that you're in you hearing me this morning it's a voice of God in your life when you are single you say I just need the voice of God to lead me to my life partner alright beautiful now you have that marriage you need a voice of God to give you a dream over your marriage when you are looking for that child I just need God to now you need a voice of God to give you a new level of wisdom you need not just the light in the night but I believe staying sensitive through the seasons of our lives it's what it means to be following the will of God Alright, so staying sensitive. God is intentional. Not every season of your life will be the same. There's going to be day. But listen friends, there would also be night. Genesis says as long as the earth remains, there's going to be night and day. It's going to happen, right? There'll be day, there'll be night. Seasons are different. In fact, I believe destiny happens in the difference. I believe it's the distortion sometimes that, that propel, that bring more than we knew. Destiny happens in the difference. There's going to be distortions. There's going to be where you thought I had mastered this ground, like I had taken this, and then there's a distortion. I
to start the seasons of your life and that he is ever present. He knows what you need. He knows where you are. He knows what it takes to make you the person that he calls you to be. He has saved you. He has called you. He has purposed you. And then he's filling you with his grace to be all that he calls you to be. And so, next point I'll give you is that you need to brace up to endure. Because you know that through every season, you're going to brace up to endure, to be all that God calls you to be. Brace up. Keep a good rhythm. Listen, friends, quitting is not an option. Don't back out. We're not of them that drop back to perdition. It might be a night season. It might be difficult right now. But quitting is not an option that we give ourselves. I'm going to brace up to endure. Just, just sometimes think of yourself as a Christian following the will of God. As that guy or that lady that goes to the gym to start out a new routine and all of that. And you know as you are starting out, there's going to be some tough days, all right? There's going to be some things I'm going to handle that were beyond me and all of that you already know all right but there's this beautiful thing i see with, with with guys when when they've been working out in the gym and of course in the hope and expectation of of the fulfillment of that promise that you dreamed over your body right and so you go there and one guy that is, that is half your age is telling you no pain no gain don't quit continue come on time more. oh yeah don't drop it keep going keep going burn that fat do you want to be fat for life so you're going through all of that and you're feeling it, feeling, but it's excruciating sometimes. But you're pushing yourself in a hope of this is a fulfilling journey at the end of the day. And so when you get home, you're looking in the mirror, it's not yet showing. You go back tomorrow, let this thing show now. Where the shirt you used to wear, you open the button the way you want it to look. This is not yet. Go back again, some more, right? You know what I'm talking about. A little more, you push. But there's this word I hear many times when I'm, I'm talking to guys and I'm like, ah, oh, you've been working out, pain. They'll tell you these words. It is sweet pain. Who knows sweet pain? Sweet pain. Sweet pain. That it's painful though. But it's not just pain, pain. There's a sweetness to the pain. And it's not just sweetness. <laughs> it's sweet pain. And I feel like saying to somebody about the rhythms of walking in the will of God, friend. It's going to be some sweet pain. It's going to be some days when you're going to endure it's going to be some Job chapter 23. Look at verse 8. He says, look, I go forward, but God is not there. And also I go backward, but I can't perceive him. And so verse 9, he's working on the left hand. There's that sense of God is doing something in your neighbor's life. And so they tell you that, ah, if God has done something for your neighbor, is in the neighborhood. Okay, but me, I cannot behold him. And then he turns to the right hand and I'm like, God, what are you up to? And I can't see him. Have you ever been there before? And there was some pain following being in the rhythms of the will of God but I like verse 10 it says but he knows that's what you need to know he knows the way that you take he knows your frame he knows where you are he knows what you're going through he knows what you can handle he knows the way that I take and it's just a test when he has tested me I know that this is not an empty process I shall come forth as gold so here's my response verse 11 so my foot has held fast to his steps I have kept his way and have not turned aside. So I just want to encourage somebody, brace up to endure. We're not some pity party, you know, Christians, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's tough. Oh, it's hard. Come on. We know that God sees us. We know that God knows us. We are in this for the long haul. We are not of them that draw back to perdition. Whatever it takes to be a follower of the will of God, I'm in for it. I will stay through because I know that on the other side of this, I will come forth as gold. I know that God is aware of who I am. He's aware of my frame. He's aware of what I can take. He's not going to tempt me beyond what I'm able. So I'm in this to endure. Um, the next thing I'm going to say to us, brace up to endure. 
Even if you made your mistakes this morning as I speak to you, listen, you may fail in following Jesus, but don't ever fail to follow Jesus. Even when you make mistakes, let them be mistakes in the direction of the journey that you are traveling. And so, second to the last this morning, rediscover the delight of trust. Rediscover the delight of trust. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, says these beautiful words, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean. That's the big question of Briggs with Calm. That's the, please, that's the big question. Sorry, Mrs. Briggs, raise your husband, please. <laughs> that's the big question of, of trust. The big question of trust is leaning. All right, just take a step forward. All right, thank you. All right, so he wants to trust me, right? Trust, trust. Okay, so the big question of do you trust is can you lean? You see that in that verse? Give me verse five, please. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So we have the choice of leaning on our understanding or leaning in trust, all right? So with all your heart, trust. Come on, do you trust? Come on. Okay, good. All right, now let's make it. Sometimes you're in more difficult situation. I can't even see God, all right? I hope your eyes are closed. Can't even see. Let's just go far away. Do you trust him? <laughs> all right? The big question is to what extent can you trust? So, so look, friends, look, look at what it says. It says, lean not on your own understanding. So we have our understanding. It's not taking away your understanding. You have your understanding. Look at verse 6. It says, in all your ways, you have your ways. You have your paths. But the question is, what do you lean on? You have your plans. I know you have a strategy plan. That's good. But what do you, is there that sense of, I am leaning on God? Because at the end of the day, you're only as strong as what you lean on. If you are leaning on your own understanding, then there's just something about trusting God that is not there. So we need to know what it means in all our ways to trust, in all our plans to trust, in all our thinking, strategizing to trust. And friends, there's a delight of trust, a delight of trust. Listen, if you are not striving to trust God more and more, the truth is you are already playing God. You are playing God in your life and it will weary you. Because you can't be God. You're not that smart. You can't control that many variables. If they say, let's play drama, who wants to act God? You can act it in a drama, but imagine it's real life. I say, come and be God for five minutes. I can't do it. Ah. Ah. Oh yeah, if I would just say, okay, in this room, be God for five minutes. Do you know the problems? <laughs> The problems, the situation of people. If I look at one person, you're not coming to church. I know what you did in the night. I will first take you. You know, if I'm God, I'll be petty. I can't lie. I can't lie. I'll be petty. Oh, yeah, just smiling. If I'm God and I'm just seeing everything, then I'm not seeing the way you now want to deceive people here. I'll be petty now. Every service will be word of knowledge. I'll just be putting it in the mind of the preacher. So I'll just, mm, you, stand up. Last, uh, I'll be petty. That is for this room. I tell you now, say, okay, Israel, Hamas, Ukraine, Russia. Do you really want to be God? So what should we do? Allow God to be God. Don't be trusting him. That he's good enough. But when you're trying to say, I want to understand everything, huh? can you? It's too much for you now. Don't play God. There are details that will be beyond you. But what you need to do is that delight of trusting God. Trust that God has you. Trust that God is good. Trust that God has your future. 
Maybe you feel like, ah, I've made some mistake in my life. I think I missed there was a life partner that was designed for me. That in heaven, they had joined the two, our heads together. We are made for each other. And you know in this life, if you miss that one, it's over for you. It's two of you. Now when you are leaving heaven, they tied your heads together and sent you to earth. So everything you are doing in this world is to find out. That's why you must confirm from seven prophets that it's the right one. If not, you can never. So, to which I would say, number one, if that is the way God even designed the world, that he has matched everybody, if that is the way God designed the world, like actually, the problem is that in all these years, somebody has already scattered it. Somebody has missed it. If they matter, if somebody has already picked somebody else's partner, so you should better quickly. <laughs> somebody has already scattered it somewhere. That's number one. Number two. How do you think that God's will for your life will be tied to somebody else's choice? God gave Adam and Eve the right to choose. So I will now walk up to a woman and say that ah, this must happen because. So what if she says no? That means that you are saying God has overridden her choice. That God has not given her the right to make a choice. No, God would always give you a right to make a choice. Like literally, we will give you open book exam. Moses comes and says, I said before you, death and life. Choose life, oh, but you will choose it. I will not force life on you. You will choose it. All right? So for some of you guys, that would be a good way to like, hey girl, I said before you, life and death. Choose life. <laughs> But you choose it. So God will not override somebody else's power of choice. Like he watched Adam and Eve sin against him because they chose it. So in your own situation, God will now say that there's this person that she must. Why will my, my God's purpose over my life be tied to somebody? This is how God thinks. Let me help you. God thinks purpose, not person. In other words, God is committed to a happy marriage for you. So maybe you, you because you would say things like, ah, so... I had a conviction in my heart that God led me to ask this person and she said no. Eh, God is still committed to his purpose in your life. The person can change. Jesus said that if these people don't praise me, I can raise up stones. Did you hear what he said? I will not be stranded by the choice of a person. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? So a person can say no. A job that you believe God opened the doors to you. One new boss came and fired you. A job can say no, but God's purpose over your life will stand. An opportunity can go away, but God is not that opportunity, amen, anybody. His purpose will stand. So trust that God has you. Every waking day of your life, no matter who walked away, no matter what happened, God is good. Let that be a basis of trust in your heart. God is good. God is good. Trust that God has your future. Because trust will make your journey of obedience beautiful. When you trust, Trust and obey. That old song says, there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Trust will make your, your, your journey of obedience beautiful. I think I, I was telling you the other day about like when you want to propose to a girl and you've done, like this one, you even went out of your way. You did surprise. You flew her and her family to Dubai because you want to propose to her. So, and what you did was, you didn't even tell her her family was flying along. You told her that, ah, babe, let's just go for, you know, a... Um, what do you call it? Um, vacation of it. Um, so let's go to Dubai. And so, 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 she, so you guys go. Then when you get to the airport, she now sees her father, her mother, 
her sisters on the same flight. And she's like, I won't have... You shall say, ah, babe, let's go now. Okay, you get there. Then, you know, next day you take her to Bojalaram. You know, you take her there. And then she's like, ah, ah. <laughs> and then what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? You know those foolish questions? Okay, I'm here to, uh, to, to pick peas. Like, what am I doing? What? Okay, anyway, so, so she's now in all of that. Like, and you've come all the way. You know, you've gotten there. She has seen all her friends and family members. Photographers are already coming out. Papa, you know, everybody's doing all of that. Then you now get to the elevator at the bottom of Bojala Arab, like the elevator. We're going to the top floor. All right, babe, come inside. You know, that sense of I trust you just makes obedience. So she, all you expect is like the voice of it. Like, okay, I'm going in, okay. That's all you expect. But she now stands outside and says, no, except you can prove to me what we're here for. I'm not going anywhere. Say, so what's wrong with you? Is there not enough that I have done to show you? You should just follow through in obedience. Uh, that is the same thing I came to say to somebody this morning. Is there enough? Is there not enough that God has done that should just show you that you should just follow through in obedience? Like, has God not been good enough in your past? Have you not gone to bed many nights that you cried and woke up knowing, man, God was up to? Have you not seen enough of the goodness of God to trust Him for the rest of your life? Is they say that God, if it is, uh-uh. trust makes obedience beautiful, and you would follow through. And here's why I'm saying all of this to you, friends. If that beauty is not there, then you would be second-guessing a beautiful experience. They would have carried you all the way to Dubai. You now say, I can't even trust that this guy. And you start going back home, trekking back to, to, to Ekiti. You start trekking back. After everything. How many times have we started out in a beautiful adventure of God? Then we start second-guessing because we've taken away the delight of trust. That as Christians, we should be up every Monday morning knowing, man, we're just in for a surprise from God. Something beautiful, giving our lives to God, abandoned to His will. Jesus, take the will and just hope for what you will do in my life. Some years ago, um, when I was in secondary school, I had a teacher that, that, that I, I didn't like. I don't, I don't know who didn't like who first, but I know we both didn't like each other. So I don't know where it started from. I think maybe I said she didn't like me, maybe I didn't like her, I didn't care. Many years ago, wasn't I born again? So, um, but but I remember, I remember that. So we used to have every opportunity we had, you know, we'd just be pushing it at each other. You know, she was my class teacher at the point. She wrote a nasty comment in my remarks to my parents. <laughs> so I'll come to class and I'll do my own back. I won't tell you what I'll do, but <laughs> do a few things. You know, I, I did. We didn't like ourselves, and we both knew there was just that energy between us, right? So I remember this particular day. I was then writing an exam, and she was imitating, and. So, I know that, of course, and still be looking for opportunity to get at me, I know. But anyway, long and short, some boys were doing something, and it was a number of us, to be honest, honestly now. It was actually a number of us. But she just comes straight for me, she seizes my paper, and says, you are disturbing, you are not going to write this exam, okay? Now, the good thing, actually, it was a biology exam, I remember, which I was an art student, you know, biology, that course you don't like, you just have to do. So, and maybe we had like 30 minutes left, so to be honest, there wasn't much I had to write again. I was actually out of ideas and all of that, but, you know, so, but of course she has fallen to me. I'm like, ah, oh, my, what, oh, what, oh, why will you take my script? Now, no, now, this injustice. Now, like, man, you're ruining my exam. Like, with the exam, like, <laughs> but, but so, so I go, I go, I go. And so in the midst of all the noise I was making, and she just stands and says, no, she's not. So the teacher who was imitating in the next class was one of my people, he was my guy. So he then calls me and says, what happened? I tell him, and then, he says, Moody, do you know what you're going to do? Go back to her. 
go and say you are sorry and get your paper. Just apologize to her, get your paper and write this. You need to write this exam. This is your grading. Okay, my I'm like, I don't need to write it. But it's like, this is your grading. You need this thing. Just go and apologize. I'm like, sir, that she does it. He said, Moody, I'm instructing you. Go and ah, ah. Sir, go and do tolu, go. Ah. So I just go. She sees me coming. <laughs> Walk up to her and I say, why are you flashing like that? <laughs> I walk up to her and I say, um, you know, you don't even call her name. You're just like, um, Mr. X said, I should say sorry. <laughs> and it was the most they sent you to tell me, like, nothing about me here. It's Mr. X that says you want a sorry, take it. Do you obey like you believe in the instruction? That's my question. How many people walk up to someone and say, ah, God said I should marry you? Like you in court, do you like me? Do you know somebody actually asked my wife out and he told her, this, not my wife, before we married, like, <laughs> if you try it now, yeah. Anyway, so, so before married, somebody comes to my wife and says, ah, you know, God said, so she was like, wait, calm down. Do you like me? He said, no, God said. <laughs> God has spoken. But you see, there's a beauty of when we trust, when we trust, it makes obedience. We own it. We own that journey of following God's will. Listen, let me ask somebody. Do you believe in the direction God is leading your life? Do you believe that God is up to something good with your life? I can give myself in trust and in obedience to a beautiful plan that God has for my life. Alright, let me close this morning. The last thing I'm going to say is that we are going to fight for our joy. If we're going to walk in beautiful rhythms of the will of God, we are going to fight for our joy. We're going to fight for our joy. Isaiah chapter 12 verse 3 says, Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. If there's such a thing of the salvation of God and what God is doing, look at how you get it from. You will draw, all right? Some of you know when you go to your well, right? Okay, okay, no, you use the tap. All right, before, before. When you are growing up, you get to the well, and then you you need a fetcher, right? You need a fetcher. What, what do you call it? You don't know fetcher. What do you call it in your... Um, Doro, you need Doro, eh? right? So you get to the well. So if you get to the well and there's no Doro, what do you do? You're stranded, all right? If we come to the wells of salvation and there's no joy, we are stranded. That God says it's with joy that you're going to be drawing out of that experience of life that I have for you. Listen, as a Christian, you can't live your life just heavy and it's just about how I feel. No, it's not. There is something fundamental about being a Christian that calls us to a life of joy. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord will start to give you strength, alright? It says in Philippians chapter 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Romans 14 verse 17 the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink but in righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. There's something about just walking in the rhythms of God's adventure that calls you to a life of joy. It calls you to a life of joy. The life of being sold out. Right? Just in the picture and in the rhythms of joy. Too many people are thinking that in the big moments we'll be happy but I'm saying the journey is a journey of joy. It's a journey that calls you to joy. In Isaiah chapter 61 it says he would console those who mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Look at that, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I was thinking about that this morning. I'm thinking of how many people carry a heavy spirit. 
But, but because we're Christians, we kind of put a plastic thing on it. If you've ever seen a plastic smile, my most epic example of a plastic smile is when you're watching a beauty pageant, if you ever watch those kind of stuff. And so you have these, all these ladies from like 200 countries and then they've cut it down. They now have this final three. That's where I like starting to watch from, those final three. Not so much to see who will win, but to see how that person that will lose. I like it. You know, so you have these three ladies and you know, they all have to keep that their pose and you know, stand like uh, nothing. So they're all standing and then now, what they're going to do when they have the three is they're going to say second runner-up, Miss Peru, and then uh, the other two, oh. So she goes, right? Then out of these two, one is going to win. The other one is going to be second. But the one that is second must behave like she's happy for the one that won. That's the problem here. Like two of you are on camera, so they're both standing together like we're sisters. We love each other. My mom, like, love. <laughs> so, so then I'll say, and the winner is Miss Australia. Then that's Miss Australia. So she's like, Ooh. this other person hmm? now has to go. Ooh, so happy for you. <laughs> you want it. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you have to keep that look because the cameras are on you. Like, see, if I'm to be there, I prefer to be one of the people that came last. I'll be in the back room. I'll be angry where I am. Who cares? But here you are. Then they now put two of you beside. She sits on the throne. They put the crown. Then two of you, the two, two losers. <laughs> we now stand. Then you have to pose. See, the camera goes and say, hey, hey, hey. You know that smile? Do you know that smile? Conform. Or spirit of heaviness. But come for here. Till the next episode, next year. Bye. But is that not how we are many times as Christians? The spirit of heaviness, but you have to come to church and play the part. Weight down. But uh, God is good all the time. All the time. How many people? just wearing a plastic thing that ah, let Jesus just come back and we just make it out of here but what it means to be a Christian listen heaviness depression whatever is counterculture to your Christianity what it means to be a Christian give me Isaiah 61 verse 3 again because I want to help you maybe you feel that way many times it really matters your experience of the rhythms of the will of God it matters listen the devil will try and steal kill and destroy because he knows he cannot destroy if he has not killed he cannot kill if he has not stolen what does he want to steal he would steal your joy at the root of it when he takes away your joy then you can start to walk on a pathway of killing and of destruction so he says look I'm coming to console those to give them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning now look at that the God of praise for the spirit of heaviness this is where I'm going to teach you friends that you will learn to take responsibility that when there's a heavy spirit trying to get up on you don't start excusing it don't start justifying it this is still the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and I'll be glad in it I'm not going to accept that heaviness and just sit down and say just how I feel sometimes no it is counterculture to my Christianity there's a garment of praise that will replace a spirit of heaviness. That when I start to put a God is good on my lips, a thank you Jesus. When I start to say, God, you are good, you are faithful. When I walk into an atmosphere of God's house, when I start to put a praise on my lips, friends, it replaces a spirit of heaviness. And then my joy starts to rise again. I start to feel like, come on, there's an oil of joy over my life. Friends, don't allow, don't excuse it by the season you're walking. It doesn't matter if it's the worst day of your life. It is still the day that the Lord has made and you should rejoice and be glad in it. Whether it's an unprecedented season of your life. Oh, I don't know how to meet the bill. I don't know what to do about that. Don't justify heaviness. 
Even if you are broke, heaviness doesn't pay bills. Don't justify heaviness. At least your praise can bring in the presence of God. You hear what I'm saying? Garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I'm almost done preaching, but I feel like this Sunday morning, somebody walked into church, so-so, kind of heavy, kind of in between seasons, and you can do with all of us together, just putting on a garment of praise. So let's just take 10 seconds this morning. If you've got a praise in you this morning, can you just lift up a shout of praise this morning? I'm not going to be heavy. I refuse a heavy spirit. I refuse a discouraged spirit. this morning I'm walking around everybody we're trying to say we want our, our, our lives to look like the word of God the only book in the Bible your life looks like is Lamentations we're walking around Lamentation I refuse heaviness economy is what it is but I have my joy life is what it is but I've got my joy and the joy of the Lord is your strength you're going to be stronger enjoy your joy All right, stay standing and let me close this morning. As I close this morning, I'll read a scripture to you in Hebrews chapter 11. If you can stand. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 39. Hebrews 11 and verse 39. The Bible says, And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. Verse 40. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. So he's giving you this whole story in Hebrews 11 of all these heroes, of every Abraham and of what God did in their lives and the adventures in the will of God and how God picked up an ordinary guy and made him a mighty nation and how people died and doing strong and mighty things, taking down lions and subduing fires and all of that, taking kingdoms, amazing stories. But then it says all of them died and they didn't even obtain the best because God has prepared something better for us. And what I want you to see this morning is like, imagine you walked in, we came to you and we said, oh, as the most faithful member of Sycamore Church, we just want to give you a present. We're going to take you to the Toyota factory in Japan and you're just going to pick any car that you want. And so, and we're giving that to the person who came earliest for service today. All right, I'm joking. All right. So, we just take you to Japan, headquarters of Toyota. And so, you get there and you meet Mr. Hiroshima, Yakahama, whatever his name is. The, the, does it not sound like his name? All right. The, the CEO of Toyota. And he says, Oh, you are welcome. And he takes you in. And then he says, Let's just walk you around what we've done before so that you can make a choice just to guide you. Then he starts from the year that Toyota was formed. And then, um, 19, whatever. 19, what? 37. You went to check it. <laughs> so, so, so he starts showing you from 1937. This was the first Toyota car that we made. And then it moves you on. In 1942, we did this. And you're like, wow. And you're just seeing models and models. And then this is the Camry. This is the Corolla. This is that. This is that. The Fortuna. It's just taking you round and round and round. And then he gets to the year 2000. And then he gets to the year 2010. And you're already like, oh, mother. Ah, I see the one I'm going to take. How many of you already know the one you're going to take, right? Uh, uh, oh, that, 
okay, okay. It's a blank check. Do you know the one that you're going to take, right? Okay, so it gets like 2015, 2017, 2020, and it's just showing you model after model after model after car after car after car, and you're just wild. You're like, mad, oh, what? And then he's showing you features. This was where we added this to this one, this one, this one. When you drive it, this happens, this, the experience, this, that. Then you get to 2025. He shows you the 2025 models that. And then you're just like, wow, and you're confused about which one. Like, man, just give me that 2025 Camry. And then he's like, no, but wait, but wait. That the one that we have for you, we haven't even yet made it. It is better than any that we have ever done. How do you bring me to this amazing showroom and tell me that it's better than what you've ever done? Okay, well, maybe it was just one useless car company. But this is God giving you his showroom. I'm telling you, this is what I did in Abraham. And you're like, what? Look at how you made. He's like, this is what I did with Shadrach, Meshach. This is what I did with David. This is what I did with Solomon. Do you see what? Do you see? Do you see? Do you see Samson? Do you see? And God said, but wait, I have something better that I'm going to do in your life. And I'm like, friends, I'm up for an adventure in the will of God. I'm in to be everything that God sees for me to be. I'm in for God to make me like God. You have a track record. You've proven yourself through and through. You are worthy to be trusted. You are good. I will live my life with joy and with expectation to see you doing my life all that you dream to do. I'm in for it. And I'm in for an adventure in the will of God. I don't know about you. That's what I want my Monday to Friday to look like. That's what I want doing the routine things of my life to look like. Because I'm saved, I'm called, I'm purposed, and I'm graced. So that I will live my life in the adventure of the will of God. Somebody say, God, bring it on. I'm expectant. And I'm ready. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, sing it out. Sends his greetings. 
he always prays hard somebody say always that you may fully know what the Lord wants you to do and that you may do it completely give me an ISV Epaphras who is one of you servant of Messiah sends you his greetings he's always wrestling in his prayers for you so that you may stand mature this is our desire you would just be to and fro kind of nah. you would stand rooted mature look at that completely convinced of the entire will of God I want somebody to pray that for themselves this morning I don't know what this is to you. Maybe it's just another thing that doesn't really interest you. But I need an adventure in the will of God. I don't want to second guess. I want to be firm and rooted in it. Would you pray this morning that in Jesus' name, I will be mature, completely convinced of the entire will of God. In the name of Jesus, I pray that I'm not second guessing the adventure of a lifetime. I'm not second guessing the, the seasons that God is walking me in. I'm not second guessing the joy of following Jesus. I'm not second guessing living my life on assignment for Jesus but in the name of Jesus I receive conviction in my heart again today I receive just that maturity completely convinced in the entire will of God I will come short in nothing on every side of my life completely convinced of the entire will of God come on pray that for yourself this morning come on pray for yourself this morning completely convinced of the entire will of God and I'll come short in nothing <coughs> completely convinced pray this morning that I'll live my life with a sense of calling I'm saved I'm called I'm purposed I'm graced pray this morning I will live my life my Monday to Friday the routine things of my life parenting doing my marriage doing my job, doing my business. Lord, I receive a sense of calling in my life today. I'll not live ordinary. I'll not live like my life doesn't count. But God, today I receive that boldness to do my business with a sense of calling, to do my academics with a sense of calling. Completely convinced of the will of God. Pray this morning that I will trust the goodness of God. I would walk in that adventure of trusting, of following, of knowing that I can lean on God. Trusting the goodness of God. Somebody pray and say, I'm in for the adventure of my life. I'm in to follow the will, the heart of God. I'm in on it, God. Nudge me again, God, lead me again. I refuse to be stubborn. As you lead me in the rhythms of your will for my life. Somebody pray for yourself this morning. If it's okay, why don't you just reach out to somebody around you. Let's pray for one another this morning. Just hold somebody if you can and pray. The Bible says, Epaphos prays it for you. Pray for somebody today. That in Jesus' name you will be a mature, strong Christian. Fully assured in the will of God. Fully convinced in the will of God. Pray for somebody today, for a brother, for a sister. You will not second guess in the adventure of destiny. You will not draw back. Pray like you know somebody needs it today. A brother, a sister needs it today. You will be strong. You will be strengthened. You will be encouraged. Pray for somebody. Say, I hold you up in the name of Jesus. I hold you up in the name of Jesus. 
you will run strong, you would walk strong, fully convinced in the will of God. You're not second guessing, you're not backing down. You will be everything that God calls you to be. You would walk in the rhythms of the will of God. In the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Let's make a declaration together this morning. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. I am a man, a woman of the will of God. Say, I love to be who God calls me to be. I love to do what God calls me to do. I live my life sensitive. I'm totally given to the heart of God. I follow harder in the adventure of God's will for my life. Say, I do it with all joy. Now say, I'm bold, strong, and assured, and full of conviction. I know that God is good, and I am in for my best life in His will. Now say, bring one more day on God. I'm here for the life-giving, life-shaping adventure of your will. Say that again, say, bring one more day on God. Season on God. I'm here for the life giving, life shaping adventure of your will. Who says amen and praise the Lord? Amen. 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 For the joy of the journey. Amen. To become. Amen. Probably in 20 years' time, we'll just be saying, wow, see what the Lord has done. Like, like I'm in for that journey of the adventure of becoming what I never knew I could be, of doing what I never knew I could do with all joy. And Jesus will be glorified. Amen. I'm in for the adventure. Maybe you cry through the night. Joy comes in the morning. Or maybe you are in a tough season right now. It's an adventure. He's making you. Jesus will be glorified in you. Amen. All things work together for your good. Because you are called according to his purpose. If it doesn't yet work for your good, it's not yet the end of the story. I said it would work together for your good. Because you love God and you are the called according to his purpose. Yeah. Amen. While we stay standing, I want to make an invitation for somebody who needs to say yes to Jesus. Don't know who you are, but if we have a basis for our joy and our expectation, it's really because we get to be in a right standing with an almighty God through who Jesus is to us. Of ourselves, we're not good enough. We're not strong enough. We can't help ourselves. We're all messed up sinners of ourselves. But you see, we get it right by once and for all putting our trust in who Jesus is and what he has done for us. We believe that Jesus is so good a savior. He died a death that he didn't deserve to die so that we can have a life that we don't deserve to have. I don't know who you are, but if you're in church today, whether in this building or online anywhere, you can't boldly say those words that I believe I'm in the right standing with God through who Jesus is to me. I love you to make it right today. Whatever words you use, I'm not born again. I have walked away. I need to rededicate my life to him. I need forgiveness. But today is your day, and I don't want you to harden your heart. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to count to three. And if you say you are speaking to me, on the count of three, I just want you to put your hand on your chest wherever you are. God sees you and he knows you. It's a miracle happening in your life. One, two, three, where you are. Put your hand on your chest. God sees you and he knows you. God bless you if you're doing that. That's a miracle. 
something in your life and God sees you, he knows you, God bless you. I also believe there are people online this morning. That's a miracle happening in your life. The Holy Spirit is nudging on your heart. You need that. I'd encourage you to take a chance, to take a moment. God sees you and he knows you and he's inviting you to the best days of your life. Awesome. That's a miracle. God bless you. Thank you all the way to the back. God bless you. Now, this is a family of the crowd. So, with everybody who has their hand on their chest, we want to stand with you. So, we're all going to say these words together. But with your hand on your chest, I want you to say these words boldly, knowing that God hears you. All right? And let's join in as a family. Can we all say together, Heavenly Father, I come to you today because you've made a way for me to come through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of your son, Jesus. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He's the Savior of the world. Say today, I make it the day that I surrender my life to follow you. I put my trust in what you have done. Please make me right with God. Forgive me of the past and give me a whole new life. Say I will follow you for the rest of my life. And one day, I'll be with you in heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Thank you so much for joining us here at Sycamore Church. If you pray that prayer at the end, we are so excited about your decision for Jesus. And we would love to help you get established in your relationship with him. So please, let us know about your decision at www.sycamore.church forward slash Jesus. There, you'll also find all kinds of resources to help you build your relationship with Jesus. If you enjoyed this message, we would love for you to subscribe wherever you are listening or visit www.sycamore.church forward slash resources. Again, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.